What's up, Belfort? What's up, Schmoobeats fans? It's me. I know, shocking. It's not who you usually see here on a Wednesday night. But it's me, the Belford, here to host my first ever Schmobates because I am the king of yelling at people. So it's a good thing that I'm the host of this show. And tonight, I have a very special guest host. A Schmobates champion? That doesn't sound right. One. Raining. 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 Raining defending. Schmobates champion, Ben the Boss Bateman. Welcome to Schmobates, Ben Bateman. Thank you, Mr. Belford. It's good to be here. It's good to see you. Thank you for inviting me on for this show. It's a special one. Uh, you hosting the show. I, I couldn't miss this one for the world. One of the age-old, one of the age-old action celebrities, call sign McGruber. Uh, and and you know, look, I've needed a time to show off this belt. I haven't gotten a return to the Schmobates arena in some time. Uh, and tonight, you know, we got some got some rookies doing battle. <laughs> this will be fun. You know how I feel about rookies. Yeah, yes. It, it doesn't it feel like it's it, like you were a rookie like many, many years ago, but in actuality yeah. it's only like <laughs> like five or six years or whatever. Like, no, it was less than that, man. It was it was it was twenty seventeen was when, when I came into uh to, to Schmodown. Yeah, so four years into the seasons. You're a like grizzled veteran now of the Schmodown. I, I am, I am. I deserve your beard with how long I've been doing this thing. Hey. I feel like uh oh yeah, man. I got I got gravitas. Uh, I can I can say shit that's inappropriate and get away with it like an old person does. So you know that's that's my role. Yes, it's like uh, it's like in the movie Waiting where the old guy's like, "I'm old, so I can say things, but sometimes I'm also old and I just forget shit." So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. There you go. But yes, as you said, we do have some rookies tonight, and also these two rookies ignited a rivalry amongst themselves in the lead up to the Schmodown draft. Ben, you know a lot about having uh, rivals and being rivals with other people in the Schmodown. You've had a long list of, of, of people who, they probably weren't on your level, but they were considered rivals of yours. Um, yeah, are, yeah. Do you think these rookies are ready to be rivals in the Schmodown? I mean, you know, it all depends. One of these one of these two yahoos is going to lose tonight. And what you do in your losses, that determines that determines just how good of a rival you really, truly are. But then again, if you can win without grace, it's also pretty great for being uh, a strong rival. So we'll see what these guys do. Uh, their names I've heard a lot of. Uh, you know, I look that the way they, they the way they're looking on that thumbnail, Belford. I feel like they've got. Uh, I feel like they got real work to do, and I'm happy to be here to see them do that work. But let it be known, heavy lies the crown. You know. And hey, we're group. we're looking for new uh, new competitors, new people to maybe challenge you in the Schmobates. Uh, arena, and so we're, maybe tonight we'll find the next challenger to Ben Bateman. But without Please further start. ado, let's let's bring on these competitors. First, we're going to bring on the uh, our first competitor. He was drafted to the usual suspects, I believe. I think I don't know. Probably sounds about right. Uh, he is joined in the Schmodown Arena by his wartime consigliere. It is Jacob Wittenbahn, 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 and it's Justin, Wittenbahn, baby, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? Hey, hey, hey. Look at these guys. What's, what's going on, fellas? What is going on, man? What we're so ready. Like I, I, I've been in so many conversations and like circles where Jacob like will not stop talking and will not shut up. And uh, I just got done watching a stream where Jesse Swift was. Uh, was supposed to be brought on by Alex David to talk about Mortal Kombat, and he didn't get to say one word. 
So you already have your winner right there. This guy won't shut up, and that guy can't say a word. <laughs> Bring in the juice, as always. No last name necessary. Uh, probably wanted in several states with that mustache. Just in the juice. But but the star of the show tonight, or one of the stars of the show tonight, Jacob Whitnaven. Whitney, how do you say your name? What is Whit Whitney Ben? Whitney Ben. Are you related to Adam Witt? Are you like a is it like a German offshoot of the Witt family that you're somehow related to to Adam I Witt? Like to I would like to believe that we are distantly related in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Some sort of cousins, probably. Whitnaven, you made a smart decision by putting my name at the end of your name. I think it's a strong move. I appreciate that you did that. Uh, it starts <laughs> off well for you here in, in the matchup. And Juice, at this point, yeah. I feel like that Kitar should be considered a deadly weapon. I see that thing, and I mean, I'm torqued. I'm fully torqued. So uh, you guys, you know, you guys are coming in here. You're, 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 you're looking good. He's got the shades. And again, it's like, it's like he likes wit beers, and he's got my name in there. So I'll take it. If you guys drink scotch, then you're basically Ben's best friend. That's basically God. how it would be. Um, I like that you put a tea bag in your scotch tonight, Ben, to make people think you're drinking tea. Smart move. Well done. <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew I'd never get it past you, Belford, but I feel like if I didn't put anything in the tea, like in the thing, you would just assume I was drinking straight Kahlua. So if putting it in here like this... It was like maybe I'll throw an extra one past you. Maybe that would get the job done. But nothing, yeah. nothing like, gets past me, Bateman. Nothing. You know that. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Jacob, you you are uh, about to be in you know embark on this journey of the Schmodown. But before you go into the Schmodown ring, we brought you into the Schmo the Schmobates Arena because that's really where champions are determined and champions are crowned. Champions are are, are formed in the fires of Schmobates. Do you feel you're ready for this? this task oh am i ready i'm so ready man can i, I have to ask you a question belford are you are you ready no belford i said are you ready because i am <laughs> it doesn't it's matter ready. old wrestling dx reference i still oh, i thought you were going with the rock i thought you were going with the it doesn't matter if i'm ready all right all right i get you <laughs> i'm not channeling yeah, my inner uh, rock i only got triple h tonight so your, your your opponent this the, tonight is uh, Jesse Swift. That you you two coined a, a lovely nickname for him that somehow didn't uh, oh. stick. Shockingly, he was not known as the Swiffer. <laughs> it was a perfect opportunity for Christian to just start calling him the Swiffer guy, and he did not want to. So yeah, come on, the brand synergy alone. I mean, <laughs> he set it up perfectly. But. He could say, "I mean, I'm the Swiffer. I'm here to clean up." That's right. Exactly. That. Yeah. I'd still make fun of him for it, but or or conversely, an opponent could have said to him after beating him, "Why don't you clean it? Why don't you clean yourself up?" Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that is the double-edged sword of some nicknames, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> clean up after me. There's a lot you could do, but luckily for him, the Swiffer didn't stick. So, hey, I mean, some people have an evolution of nicknames. So, some people were once known as Big Time. It's true. Ethan Irwin <laughs> stole my nickname, but you know, I got he something did better. Steal so. your name. I think I was only big time. I feel like I was only big time in a match once, maybe. Two, I think twice, twice. maybe. I think Night Sisters and uh, Nerd Nerds Watch. I think that was the only two the big time Ben Bateman. That seems that seems like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, without further ado, we're gonna bring out your competitor. So we're gonna we're gonna kick the juice to the curb for you know back into the background. Squeeze. 
and we are going to juice. <laughs> what a guy! We're going to bring on the newest member of the Quirky Mercs, drafted before some people in the Schmodown draft. I don't know if anyone saw certain reactions to how how certain drafts went down, but welcome to Schmobates, the Jackal Jesse Swift. That's right, Belfer. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. That's right. I was drafted before some people, so that's good to take note of. And uh, Whitney, Ben, I just want to say you got to talk to your boy, Justin. Keep my name out of his mouth. But I know you guys just kicked the juice out of the room. I was hoping um, I brought my juice with me. Can I keep that here? Is that okay? Or is that a violation of uh, the, the four-person maximum that we've got going on here? As long as it's actually rum in your juice, it's cool. We're fine with it. <laughs> I just um I have rum in my mouth at all times, so oh, I like watch the orange juice. Gets you far, gets you real far in the in the schmodown. I I you know, I I don't uh, subscribe to it as much as I once did, but I've gone through whole tournaments drunk, man. So you oh, know, it can work for you. I have I have one other point. He's he's talking, calling me out for not being able to get a word in. Now let me tell you something. When it comes to Elliot, who was our MK lore expert at the time, um, and Alex Damon, of course, I respect those guys. I let them speak and shoot their shot and all that good stuff. You know who I don't respect? Jacob and the juice. So let's get this thing rolling. I love it. I love it. Feeling is mutual, Swiffer. Yeah, suck oh, parts, it's Jacob. Good. So good. I love I love these young rookies with their starry eyes, you know, not even knowing what yeah. they're what they're about to get themselves into. A lot, a lot of fire, a lot of hype good. here. A lot, a lot of oh, hype yeah. here, Melford, you know. But uh, <sighs> look, these guys, you come in. I have to say, you know, well, it's one thing I'll give you guys both credit for. Uh, they put together the reaction videos of, uh, of Schmodown f- folks getting drafted. And I I really, you guys both made it, obviously. And I thought both your reactions were very authentic. I appreciated that because as somebody who's been a part of this thing for a long time, and, and, and I do really, truly love it, uh, the people who treat it as something special when they get to enter it. I think that's really cool. So I, I appreciated that from both of you guys. It's good spirit. Good to see. Good moxie. Let's uh, let's see how you carry that into Schmobates tonight. I'm hoping it's not the last time that uh, Whitney Ben will be sweating with anger. Hmm. Yeah, oh, God. trust me, Swift. If you can make you, me sweat, not the first. I mean, you could clean up your sweat with a Swiffer. That's how you. <laughs> <laughs> not that much sweat. All right. Well. Now that, that all the preamble is 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 done, we can now commence with the schmo baiting. And before we do that, we do need to go over the rules of the schmo bait for anybody who hasn't been a part of schmo baits before. Um, we're gonna we'll bring up some rules here to go over uh, somewhere on here. We got there. We go. All right. So there will be three questions. They will be debated with the winner being determined by the guest co-host, the boss Ben Bateman. And the ghost judge, mystery, don't know. If there is a tie, the audience vote serves as the tiebreaker. So everybody to uh, vote for the audience, it will be determined by a Twitter poll. So go to call to action on Twitter, you know, click follow, you know, get the alerts ready for when those polls come out. Uh, the round format, there's a 60-second opening statement there from each competitor. There's four minutes of open debate. Keep it classy. And then there's 60 seconds closing statements from each competitor. The final round is de- determined by the host flipping the action coin, which we have already done before the show. Um, it was Trader, so uh, 
Jacob won the toss and he deferred. So in the final round, Jesse will go first. Jesse will also go first in the first round. Jacob will go first in the second round. You must win at least two rounds to be declared the winner. And each competitor has one 30 second uninterrupted time extension to be used at any time, which Jesse coined the phrase, the shut the fuck up rule, which I very much like. Uh, so I like it. without anything else to be said, let's, let's get it on with the, uh, the first question. Let's get it on. Our first question tonight to our competitors is let me pull it up here. I should probably be prepared. I'm not Alex. I'm not prepared, guys. Alex was busy tonight. She asked me to fill in. So are we asking Jacob why he got uh, mouth surgery to avoid an IG match with me? We'll talk about that for a second. And I just want to well, say well. It's classic. It's classic of Jesse Swift to blame. To, to to make excuses and say like oh well this guy he had a basic necessity medical emergency in order to avoiding me is a necessity i understand it perfectly all right guys we I mean, can look we I, can I, I, medical I, I, histories I, I, later <laughs> we'll uh, oh that made fun of me in a match when i had a broken back so you know it's a, it, it happens but uh listen the question here that you guys are going to be answering first is question one what is the worst inner geekdom movie that's the first question and we're, we're leading off with Jesse. You have one minute on the clock. And begin. The worst movie in the inner geekdom list is, of course, without a doubt, Son of the Mask, released in 2005. It's awful. As we know, The Mask with Jim Carrey is one of the most entertaining and rewatchable films of all 300 films that we had to choose from. But look at how they massacred my boy. Uh the energy that Jim Carrey brought was replaced with Jamie Kennedy. And you're probably asking yourself, who? I did the same thing. Hit that IMDb. He's from Max Keeble's Big Move, Bong Water, Bermuda Tentacles. That doesn't sound like a good time. And Kicking It Old School. Nothing I'm overly familiar with. And uh, I think to say the casting was just horrible would to be would be being way too kind to the film. And Alan Cumming was in that movie. He wasn't returning as Nightcrawler in X-Men 3 because he was too busy. With this, Alan, with this, come on. So, yes, I'm saying Son of the Mask is the worst intergeekdom movie out of all 300 films. All right. Yields so <laughs> the remainder of his time, uh, indicated by his silence there, choosing Son of the Mask as the first entry here, 2005 film. Big things to say about it. Uh, I'm sure we get our chance to sound off a little later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good opening, good opening statements there. All right, and next we have Jacob in three, two, one, go. All right, time to wipe the floor with the Swiffer. Come on, Jesse. Come on. Of all the inner geekdom movies, we got Catwoman here. That movie is garbage, all right? Catwoman is absolute trash. First off, let, uh, there's a whole list here. First off, the premise of it is barely barely related to its source material. We don't even have the name Selena Kyle mentioned in the whole thing. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Like, what is going on? Like, we have so many Catwoman fans, Batman fans. Where is all that? It's not there. Next thing, past that, the plot was so insanely bad, so bad, that I thought, like, with all the fashion stuff going on, I thought it was the next Zoolander sequel, just reading the synopsis. It's ridiculous. seconds. And then the last thing is it was so bad, Holly Berry gladly, gladly accepted her Razzie Award when she should be promoting the movie. Five seconds. How are you? 
Tuck. All right. <laughs> First ben, of all, I look like that. Statements. <laughs> uh, opening statements were strong here. Some of the mask versus Catwoman, uh, both legendarily bad movies. People are more familiar with the horrible stuff in Catwoman. I think it's a little bit more of a popular bad movie. Whereas some of the mask is truly just a bad movie. I think, uh, you know, that's, I think you're, you're dealing with sort of two different things there. I do think it's a little interesting. You referenced Jamie Kennedy, and, and, and unless I'm totally mistaken here, Belford, but Jamie Kennedy isn't Scream, correct? It's a, the, an important part of the movie Scream. Correct, he is. Yes. Yes. So I do think I do think that that's a little bit of an oversight there in the argument. But uh, on on the other hand, replacing Jim Carrey with uh, yes, your point is sound. It's a sound point you make. Um, look, Whitnaven used the Swiffer comment, and it got a laugh out of me, even though I saw it coming, which is which is strong. Um, it's a strong use. But uh, ultimately, I don't know that necessarily saying that it has nothing to do with the source material should have anything to do with being a good or a bad movie. I mean, that's maybe your preference, but that didn't that didn't resonate for me. Um, I kind of want to know a little bit more about specifically other than these movies just like sucking because they have they're bad. I want a specific thing about them that's horrible, like a scene, a moment, something like that. That's what I want to hear. Totally agree. Um, Like we've seen that there are good movies with bad casts and bad movies with good casts. So. Um, the casting is, is it's a strong point, but we need more of like what's wrong with the movie per se. Um, and then also like kind of same thing with Catwoman, like got into it a little bit as far as like the source material, but the source material, again, there's really good movies that have nothing to do with the source material. So need a little more of the bones of why these movies are so bad. And also why don't they deserve to be an IG maybe? I mean, that's from our ghost judge little comment there, but you know. That's debatable also, as well. So. Loving, loving to hear about uh, some of the positives of each other's films. That's uh, that's maybe a, a comment there. So a lot to, a lot to go back to the table with there. Um, but uh, yeah, so there you go. Opening, opening, opening statements. Yeah. So now we're going to get into our four minutes of open debate. Remember, you guys do have the 30 second. You each still have your 30 second uh, STF rule or STF. Shut the fuck up rule. Um, so. Again, four minutes open debate. Here we go. Uh, 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 don't even start, Jacob, because how dare you besmirch Patience Phillips, the one and only Halle Berry. Look at that damn good and that leather getup. If nothing else, the aesthetics of that movie are prime time. So uh, I was looking for a film more so that had no redeeming qualities. So I was picking through movies. I'm like, oh, that has a good moment. That has a good moment. So I found the one that has absolutely no redeeming qualities, and that is Son of the Mask. Especially Son of the with- Mask. So, well, hold on. Son of the Mask is a movie that I watched growing up, and yes, the movie's terrible, and it doesn't. Hold How up are your nightmares but doing? The problem right with that is, I was able to watch it as a family film. It was something I was able to watch with my family, and we all enjoyed it. And we had a good time watching it. Oh, hold up. If you saw this movie under the age of ten, I am so sorry because you had an incredible showcase of. Or in the original, you had an incredible showcase of zany cartoon-like antics, but Son of the Mask is pure nightmare fuel. Have you ever wanted to see a CGI cartoon hybrid infant bounce off the walls and have his eyes pop out like goddamn Wiley E. Coyote? No, of course you haven't, because that's terrifying. And don't you get me started on the dog. Thing. You name it one thing that's in the worse. Movie, but leave you the name dead one horse thing alone. worse than catnip. That was horrible. I, I will. And it was that Alan Cumming was playing Loki. I want to get back to Alan Cumming because he is no Tom Hiddleston. Between Spy Kids and portraying Loki as the villain from Lazy Town, it's no wonder that nobody talks about him in this movie. And from the director of Cats and Dogs, I give you absolute dumpster fire. This, hold on. 
Catwoman was equally amount of a dumpster fire. And you know, I gotta say, despite the fact that yes, the source material, yes, you can have great movies without with, with, with that aren't totally related to the source material. But the problem here is you're bringing up a character. You're bringing up a character that has tons of source material. You know, with 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 a, with a character like Catwoman, you can't just co totally derail it and expect it to go well. That's like making a Lord of the Rings movie and renaming Frodo Jimmy or something like that. It, it doesn't work. And with that, with with Catwoman, like I said again, with, with Catwoman, at least it tried to get some of the dark lighting and some of the dim. Even though it wasn't Gotham, they tried to go Gotham light. But the concept of the mask works best when the cartoon cartoonish actions are a contrast to a seemingly real world. With this travesty of a film, everything looks like a cartoon. The colors on display remind me of a damn Seuss movie. And again, I'm talking Mike Myers, not Jim Carrey. But again, the tone of Son of the Mask at least somehow matches kind of what they were going for. Catwoman has got nothing going for it, especially in the dialogue. You don't care about any of the characters. You don't care about the story whatsoever. Yeah, Holly Berry's in it. That's great. But it was just terrible in every way, shape, and form. At least when they went out to make the Catwoman movie, they sought out talent. Now, maybe it wasn't portrayed in the best way, but you get Halle Berry, you expect a Halle Berry performance. We got Jamie Kennedy. You know what he's doing nowadays? Tremors 5 and 6. That's what Jamie Kennedy is up okay. to. What's Halle Berry doing? She's continuing to make Oscar-caliber films. So they had their exactly, eyes set exactly. on the prize. And that was a terrible felt, movie. <laughs> I'm not arguing that either of these movies are not terrible. I'm just saying but that she's an everything about actress Son of the Mask that got Razzie for Worst Actress of the Year. Son of and the Mask didn't even get it. recognized enough to get a Razzie. You go on Rotten Tomatoes and Son of the Mask has 6%, and I guarantee you that's lower than Catwoman. Regardless, that just makes th that just makes the expectations seconds. falling lower than they should. There's, there's a thing with expectation and disappointment gap. And because Catwoman had so much expectation, the disappointment just was because this that was a disappointing worse. movie to you does not make it the worst on the IG list. There was no bar nor reason for Son of the Mask to be made. You had a perfectly great standalone single film, and you made a sequel for no reason that has nothing to do with the original, other than the fact that you have the uh, psychiatrist from well, the Catwoman. Catwoman shouldn't. Catwoman uh, should have been made the way it was. Time. I need some right. I'm a little stall up here, a little bit more in frame. Sorry if you guys were wondering what I was doing. Just making sure this championship belt was a little more in frame. Uh, okay, so so there you go. Four minutes open debate. So here's what I take away from this round, Belford. So I feel like by the end of that, what I got was a pretty even dissection of each other's films. Um, there were some there were some good barbs thrown in there. However, I still walk away with the idea that talking about the movie Catwoman is more enjoyable than talking about the movie Son of the Mask. It doesn't. I didn't get anything in the Son of the Mask conversation that I felt like I wanted to keep talking about. But honestly, some of the things you guys threw in about Catwoman, I kind of wanted to talk about Catwoman. I mean, I think it's really bad, but if we're talking about which is the worst movie, does Catwoman have more redeeming qualities because of the fact that now I kind of feel like I want to talk about that movie? Just my thoughts. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I think it's, it's a battle between a movie that maybe never should have gotten made, as, as one person said, and then a movie that should have been good that is absolutely terrible. So it's 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 really an interesting kind of like dichotomy between the two. I, I think they they both made up good points. Um, I think Jesse did really well as far as like saying why Son of the Mask is terrible, which it's really terrible. Um, I think Jacob started out a little slow, but then kind of got caught some steam late in the round. So it's it's still interesting. It's still anybody's game. 
Very much so. Very much so. All right. So we're going to move on to our one-minute closing statements. We're going to start with uh, Jesse again. So, again, you have one minute on the clock to close out the round. Um, you know, maybe address any issues you feel you need to address that are that are lingering and uh, close it out strong, fellas. And in three, two, one, go. All right. Well, I I want to thank Ben because he kind of gave me a spring off point, and that is that as bad as Catwoman is, it is fun to talk to. And there's a lot of movies on the IG list that are so bad, they're kind of good, kind of all of the room. You know, the room's a terrible movie, but everyone loves to talk about it. And um, I haven't thought about Son of the Mask since I saw it when I was, I don't know, 11, 12 years old, something like that. And as a child, I was like, this is awful. Not only is it awful, but looking at the baby, looking at the dog seconds. and they have the mask on was haunting. And whenever I, when I looked down the list and I saw Son of the Mask, the first thing I thought about was this movie is garbage. I don't even remember who's in it. And I looked it up and it was like, Jamie Kennedy, yeah, maybe from Scream, but the rest of it is a whole lot of no-names. You know, you couldn't bring Jim Carrey back for a cameo, and the fact that they have one character tying these movies together is offensive. And uh, I yield the rest of my seconds. All right. <laughs> Another a, a boss move, as they say, to, to yield the rest of your time strong again. Move. It's a strong move. So 60 seconds closing statement from here we uh, go. my guy, from my guy Ben here. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and three, two, one, go. All right, we were talking about, okay, so I hear the statement of, okay, Catwoman is fun to talk about. It's fun to talk about because it was that much of a travesty that we have to try to laugh about it. We have to try to have a good time talking about it. It's, again, uh, bringing up the, th the issue of the expectation and disappointment gap. Catwoman is a movie with, with that is such an established character. It should have been this good, and it should have at least gotten a C. It should have at least gotten a C, seconds. but it got less than an F. And Son of the Masks, yeah, it's a movie nobody it's a new movie nobody asked for. But the problem is when you got the kind of movie like that, if it's low quality, you expected that. With Catwoman, it was so terrible in regards to the in comparison to the expectations that we that that it's still relevantly horrible to this day. Hmm. Five seconds. Now you'll. All right. One sentence. He needs one more sentence, guys. I thought, wait, I thought his 60 was up. I thought his 60 was up. 60, get one more that's it. Right. One more right. I'll save it. I'll save it. No, unless you want to use your 30 seconds. You can use your 30 second. True. You're shut the fuck up 30 no. second rule right now if you want. No, no, no. He's already been silenced. I'll use it later. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't want to silence me, blood. You don't want to silence me. You're giving these guys time to, to, to jaw back and forth. All right, so there you go. So that's uh, that's I'm starting to sweat with anger right here. now, Swift. So do we... Uh, so we Wash so your we, pits, we, Jacob. I, I, we cast our votes here in the Facebook chat, right, Belford? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, uh, some some thoughts on the, on the, uh, on the closing round uh, while Ben and the guest judge deliberate. Uh, for, for me, the, my favorite line of the entire fight was the nightmare fuel. That was a, a classic line. Although Jacob did quote Catwoman, which was, which was fantastic. Yes. Uh, it, also you guys can vote, um, on Twitter. I think it is right there, Jake. Yeah. So uh, I think it's Twitter. Um, first time, first time hosting Schmobates guys. All right. It's as a, I only watch these when I'm on them and uh, I don't have to do this kind of stuff. Um, but yes, definitely, definitely both good points from both of them. I will say that these are two movies that I, I, um, 
that I walked out of both of them. So the two definite good choices. Um, uh, from our from from the uh, the I, again, it still comes down to is it is it a worse movie because it had more expectations, or is it a worse movie because it's just a, an all around terrible movie? I do think some of the mask suffers from the the fact that it it follows the mask, and as a sequel, that is a a tough pill to to follow. Whereas Catwoman is there are there were previous Catwoman women, or I guess you'd say. Um, but never a standalone movie. Um, you know, some things to think about. Uh, we're going to give three minutes for voting. Um, so get your votes in, guys. Who, who, you know, you who, uh, you could have put a gun to my head, Belford, and asked me to confirm whether or not Son of the Mask was related to the mask, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I still would have gone on the side of probably had to do with the mask, but I wouldn't have even been sure of it. Movie I've never seen before. It's such an absurd idea that they made a sequel to The Mask, but it's such an irrelevant movie. Uh, and with all that being said, I I sort of felt like I would have heard a little bit more in terms of plot details and reasons that that movie was really bad. I was sort of surprised. I still feel like I actually don't know much more about it, except there's some CGI and an infant with the mask on, maybe. Uh, and I guess Loki's in the movie. Um, so, you know, there's that's the one thought that I have. But on the, on the flip side of that thing... I feel like, you know, Catwoman is set up to have a lot more ammunition to be able to really like I, I'm surprised that that neither of these competitors was really referencing hard on plot points from their other from the other person's film, like really yeah. going in depth on certain scenes. I was, I was sort of shocked it didn't happen, actually. I felt like both of them would have done it a little bit more. Uh, so I was taken aback by that. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what I thought, what I thought to do as far as my voting went on that. But uh, it was kind of a missed opportunity, I thought. For, for sure. I think there the one thing is there's there's no reason to to watch Son of the Mask. Like there's no like nostalgia based thing. It's not, you know, you don't watch it because it's, you know, um part of a series or anything. Catwoman is part of the DC you know pantheon. Like people so people <laughs> will watch that movie because it's a DC movie. And DC fans are notorious for defending their movies, no matter how good or bad they are, nobody defends Catwoman. And that shows you how bad was, that movie is. What was uh, Catwoman's name in the movie again? What did you say? Destiny Patience something? Phillips. Patience Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Bad name. Uh, Belfer, do I have one minute to go and refill this Kahlua or no? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and, go ahead and hit up your Kahlua, sir. Yeah, we got to keep you parched. We got to keep you uh, – or not parched. We got to keep you hydrated. Um, so, but yeah. Remember Patience Phillips. Can we remember uh, Jamie Kennedy's character's name? Does he have a name besides awfulness? <laughs> hey, don't win I, I my don't battles even, for me. I, I made it further in uh his name's not Loki. Loki is Alan Cummings. Like he's yeah. he's Loki, the mask of Loki. Like he has a name. Do you I don't remember Jim Carrey's name from the mask though? Like it's something weird. Like Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley Ipkiss. So that's what never mind. I do remember it as soon as you prompted me. Um I think that it's like it is it's weird because like it's two different like sort of expectations for the movies. Catwoman has these expectations because a it's a DC movie. It's a comic book movie that up until that point we hadn't had a bad comic book movie really. Uh, I mean we had but not on Batman like the big Robin. screen. <laughs> yeah, but even that's like it's that's more bad in a good it way kind of like It is room. good bad. Like, Listen, the hardest demand that you have made of us is to pick two of the worst movies out of 300 and then yeah. help defend the other person's movie. 
<laughs> as far as like, no, 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 your movie's not that bad. It's like, yes, it is. So it makes it great. Well, well, well I was, well, I was just gonna say, in regards to with the time that we got here, with regards to plot consistency and all that, you know, it's like I said with Catwoman, there is regarding the source material, which yes, the source material does matter for for a movie like this, even just with names, just with the names of the characters. It does matter with some of the masks, at least like the masks works the same and in and all that. So there is some consistency there. Yeah, I mean there is the, yeah, but it's not like it doesn't help the movie any. Like it's not like it just <laughs> it's like saying like okay, so the, there's continuity of this that it almost makes it worse. I wish that, the, that there wasn't any consistency. Can I can I give you guys the one reason why I didn't put steel? Was it was it what you told me? Awesome. Did I tell you the quote? Yes. Yeah. yeah go, okay. ahead tell, go ahead and say the quote. <laughs> All right. So steel was gonna be my pick, and then I remembered the line, "Well, dip me in shit and roll me in breadcrumbs." I was like, "Nope, can't do it. Can't do it." Also, like if you pick a movie that has Shaq, and you're trying to say that that's the worst, you're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Shaq. Right. Like, oh, yeah. There's a lot of value there. I could watch Hugh Jackman like build a dollhouse and not say anything, and that's still going to be better than like a lot of movies. So that's how I feel about Shaq. You know, that's how I felt like I, I wanted to pick X Men Origins Wolverine, but I just like Hugh Jackman too much. Uh, you, right. you don't pick that movie with with Bateman on here. <laughs> it's a slide. You got to know who your judges name. are. <laughs> All right. All right. So All right. Uh, we have we deliberated? Has we? I don't know if, how this. I got my vote in. Oh, so it's. I think it's coming down to uh, the the polls. Jake, how them polls working? Who's winning the polls? <laughs> Let's see here. I'm very. I'm professional host, guys. Just so you know. Um, well, I had uh, fifty Russian bots go ahead and uh, vote. I don't know if wasn't I was supposed to admit that. You say that like every See? single competitor doesn't just do that. <laughs> the Swifters are cheating. I got this belt, Swift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the the I think the we've had enough time for the polls to come in. I'm just checking them now, and uh, it comes down to the audience vote. And uh, it looks like Jesse wins round one. How's so that Swift doing, Whitney Ben? <laughs> Worst. Come on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Bring it together. Bring there, it man. together. We're gonna move right together. into round two. Ben, what is our round two question? Jacob swimming on a cesspool. Round two question, which I read off the screen last time, so I'm hoping that it uh, gets put back on the screen here for me to read. <laughs> just waiting. Outrage. Wait to see that. Wait to see that. All right. Just keep vamping. Keep vamping, waiting for it to be on screen here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. If you guys want to give more we... votes on me winning, all right. And uh, round two question. Here we go. Round two question is what is the best new wheel slice in the inner geekdom division? So there are, there was, I think, originally 10 or something, 12 last year. There's 25 now. What's the yeah. best one? That's the question. And we're going to start with Jacob in three, 
One minute in three, two, one, go. All right. My pick for the best new category in the Intergeekdom division this year is Swashbuckling Adventure. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the best wheel spin this year. And the reason why is because it's got Indiana Jones. I mean, come on, Indiana Jones is one of the most iconic film franchises ever. It's so iconic that Harrison Ford, at the ripe age of 78, is still intending on making an Indiana Jones movie, and people will still pay to see it. People will still pay to see it. On top of that, you also got other movies like Willow, which is a which is a favorite uh, to a lot of uh, you know fans of that era. And at the same time, you got you got Pirates of the Caribbean. Now I understand that Pirates of the Caribbean, not all of them. Are great, but you got great characters like Jack seconds. Sparrow and Davy Jones and uh, all those and Jeffrey Rush's uh, and, and Jeffrey Ru- and Jeffrey Rush and all these amazing characters. Time. And so that's why Swashbuckling Adventure Time. is the best Time. new category. Time. 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 Time Sorry, I thought you said five. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Barbosa. Name is Barbosa. Barbosa. All right. Got one minute. Uh, all right. One minute. Jesse Swift in three, two. One, go. Surprise, surprise. Jacob taking another softball. He took one with Catwoman uh, doing the bad movie that everybody's seen, and now he's doing a whole category of films that everybody's seen. Everybody's seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And what's the point of the slices? It is to challenge the competitors, especially if you're bringing new slices in here. And so uh, let me get to the point. Planet of the Apes would be my wedge or slice that I am most excited to have on here because it's one of those ones that really helps level the playing fields. Every generation has a Planet of the Apes film or franchise that they can go back and watch, but very few people have seen every Planet of the Apes movie. So I think it is very important to put this into the league because as I've already seen, people are struggling struggling on Planet of the Apes films. So it's the great equalizer. It brings the rookies and the champs and everyone together so we can all watch these movies together. And I'm just really looking forward to see the impact that it has moving forward this season. That's it. Time. Okay. Thoughts on their opening statements for round two. Well, it's interesting your Jesse say that it's a softball because the only thing that's interesting about the Planet of the Apes movies, I mean, there's essentially four good movies, right? And everybody kind of knows that the rest of them are mostly trash. So I don't think I'm alone in saying that. So I think it's an interesting idea that it's good for the division. Actually, that's not even the question. Best new slice was the was the question. Now, there are arguments for it. I think it's interesting, but it's it's a, it's an interesting place to take when I think the general consensus is that more than 50% of that category is tough to get through. On the other hand, Swashbuckling Adventure, you want to talk about softball. I can't I can't agree with you more on that one, Jesse, because I think the Indiana Jones movies are extraordinarily overrated. They're some of the most overrated <laughs> movies ever made, in my opinion. Huh? People love them. They're, the people love them. It's, uh, this is a hot take I've had for years. Can we I'm switch the smoke movies. base? I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just saying, in general, they're the kind of movies that you would get asked in a round, like a round three of a regular Shmoda and be like, plot point that you need to know. And it's like, just because I'm supposed to have seen these movies that you guys all like is how I feel about those movies. Um, so I do think it's a bit of a softball because the expectation that everyone's seen the Indiana Jones movies like a hundred times just exists in the world. There's a lot of good movies out there. There's a lot of good movies that I've seen multiple times that aren't those movies. So both of them, I think, are very interesting positions to take. On the whole, better movies, obviously, over in uh, in Swashbuckling. But uh, I kind of need to understand what it is about Planet of the Apes, the quality of the movies. That's what I really want to hear about. I want to hear about why you think it's good. 
that that's in the division? Is it just that it's a soft, it's, it's, it's a curveball for people? Or do you really think there's value in those movies that I don't see? That's what I want to hear there. Well, I think, I think remember, the, the question is, is what, what is the best new slice? So it's not what are the best movies on a slice, it's what is the best new slice. So why, why yeah. are the, the things that make up this slice the best make it the best slice in the in the schmodown in, in the ig um so i think uh also our ghost judge said jacob needs to address movies outside of indiana jones since we already had those in the ig so you know maybe and there's a lot of you know there is a lot of stuff there for in that slice um jesse also i think you need to like expound on like what makes up the planet of the apes movies is and how they're going to be implemented as a slice you know, good, not necessarily good or bad of the movies, but good for the slice. And uh, we're going to go into our round two, four minutes, open debate. And we're going to start in three, two, one, go. Jacob, you're in well, a deficit, response, so why don't you go first? Well, in response to that, okay, so... I heard the judge, the ghost judge recently said how they need me to hear more about than just the Indiana Jones movies, right? Yeah, that's fine. That's why I mentioned the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and you also got the Zorro movies, and you also got and you also got Willow. I mentioned that, and those are characters that are just really, really iconic. And I'm not just talking about the, the quality of the movies here. I'm talking about just how exciting of a of 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 a of a slice it's going to be. Well, they, they may be. But I'm not picking this slice. I'm not picking Panet of the Apes so much for what I already know about it, but more so about what I don't. With IG studying, it can be a lot of fun. Part of that fun is discovering new films or rediscovering things you haven't seen in years. For me, Apes represents a little bit of both. Things I've seen, things I haven't. And the same, Apes film, but that's the same for me. Over, you got the Zora movies and you got Willow and then you got the Pirates movies. None of those span over half a century starting in the 60s like Planet of the Apes does. How many slices can you say that for? Well, you know, you, then you got Indiana Jones that started all the way back in the 80s, and then it goes all the way to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, and then we, we just had an Apes movie a couple uh, a couple years ago. And when you're studying for these films, you're studying cinema, not just the Apes movies. Where else can you dissect the works of Franklin J. Uh, Schaffner or Tim Burton or Matt Reeves? Uh, nowhere. That's Planet of the Apes. That's where you're going to find that. And there's wild variety in, in Swashbuckle and Adventure 2. You have multiple different franchises in that. Uh, well, uh, not to mention that with uh, the new and old, like with the filmmakers, it allows us to hold up a microscope. Yeah, I'm going to go this deep. You hold up a microscope to humanity, especially with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where we're given a cautionary tale about tampering with nature. We're not getting that in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's empty, shallow popcorn fun. Empty, shallow popcorn fun? You're telling me Curse of the Black Pearl is empty, shallow popcorn fun? It's based off of a ride. It belongs in a museum. That's the... Best Two based minutes. off of a ride plot I've ever seen. I believe that the question of what it means to be human can be asked when asking when watching these films. Because um, competing or not, I would recommend anyone to visit or revisit these movies. They have uh, a sci-fi impact, a la Star Trek. Maybe not as big, but as far as as far-reaching and as generational. Again, as and I can say the same thing. And I'm not just talking about Indiana Jones now. I'm talking about the other ones too. Sure, you got Zorro that might not be as big as Indy, but at the same time, you know, pirates. There's a reason why they keep asking Johnny Depp to come back as Jack Sparrow. Planet of the Apes is something that gets rebooted for a reason. It is a story that breeds inspiration. Pirates of the Caribbean, they might do a reboot with Margot Robbie. Who knows? But you're not... Well, you know what? I take that back. They are doing a Willow series. 
<laughs> exactly. And the point of that is the excitement in all those franchises makes it One that minute. much more of an exciting of a spin. I think with you're getting a lot of the same with the swashbuckling adventure. You're just getting, uh, you know, different stories, same skin. At least with Planet of the Apes, there's some deep dissections you can do into characters, and you can start looking at the um, psychology of of the um, the humans and just skin. The conflict. How on earth does Indiana Jones look anything like Pirates of the Caribbean? Or MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. It's always seconds. the same thing. The conflict in the Planet of the Apes films is so much bigger than let's find the Ark, let's find the idol, or Zorro. Who knows what Zorro's doing? I can't even, you know, it's it's uh, really the Apes movies scores. ask bigger Ooh. questions. Yeah, and you, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was there. The bottom, the bottom line is you, you, you keep bringing up those things. There's wide, wide variety. There's no similarities whatsoever in movies like Indiana Jones and Willow or anything time. like that. And time. All right. All right. Four minutes. I've calmed down a little bit. Interesting. Interesting That's stuff here, Belford. So questions for sure. were answered. A lot of like a lot of focus on the, the cultural impact and the, the wider implications of the apes films here from Swift, which is interesting. You know, it's just, it's a strong point that he makes. Definitely some films that are focusing on uh, some bigger issues. Uh, and, and, you know, we got outside the Indiana Jones movies here. Impressed that my bait didn't uh, didn't attract, wouldn't been to go after me for saying what I said about Indiana Jones. I was impressed by that. Um, and uh, usually that gets a rise out of fans that like the franchise. There some, there's some films in the uh, some films in, in the swashbuckling category I didn't hear you talk about. Uh, they've added the Lone Ranger to this category. So that's yes. something that exists now. So... That's a worthwhile thing to hear you talk about. But I also, look, you talked a lot about Willow. That movie's sweet. The Willow's great. I mean, uh, there's, you know, right? Hello, Radan. And like, it's just great. He's he's excellent. That movie's terrific. So uh, big points there. I would say that if you asked me, though, between the two slices, honestly, this is not where I'm going to vote necessarily. Between the two slices, what movies would I start with? I would start with the new Planet of the Apes films. That's exactly where I would start. Those movies are great. I think that they're the, the most enjoyable to rewatch of any of the movies in either category. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's it's, 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 it's probably some of the best movies of, of either slice. Um, one thing one thing I think is a missed opportunity from both guys is that they, they didn't really talk about how these slices are going to impact the IG division and the opportunities that these uh, slices present to the IG division. Um, um, and then, like, um, because like you have something like Planet of the Apes, where it's it's a limited it's a limited number of movies, so it's an opportunity for somebody to just you know s- study every movie in that slice, and now I own that slice. Um, and then also swashbuckling, swashbuckling adventure, it's an open ended slice, so it could really impact the division because there are some movies in there that are like people are going to forget about, people are going to f- not be able to study as much. Um, and it could trip up some people. Um, but, you know, we still have closing statements, so we could get some of these things addressed. We're going to go with uh, Jacob to start. You're, you Again, you have one minute for your closing statement, and it is in three, two, one, go. Right, and Ben, you're right. Lone Ranger is also in the swashbuckling adventure swashbuckling adventure uh, categories. And Lone Ranger is a classic character that goes way back. Now, granted, it's a more recent film. But again, like we say different eras, that that goes pretty far back. And at the same time, 
at the same time, and Ben, despite the massive disagreement that you and I have with Indiana Jones, that does not disqualify its relevancy. And that has an impact on the IG division. The, the wide variety of movies that are in this category make it such a niche skill. And that is going to impact the matches that we have when that spin is on the spin is on the wheel. I yield. Whew, yield. All right. All right, Jesse, one minute on the clock for your closing statement in three, two, one, go. Listen, the swashbuckling category can be summed up in almost like three directors or producers. You know, you got Bruckheimer, Gore Verbinski, and like Martin Campbell, and that summarizes the vast majority of it. You get such a bigger wealth of different talent involved in the Planet of the Apes movies. Very few directors have directed more than one film. So it leads, it just opens up for so many questions about things that are in plot and outside of. And I think that a lot of people, maybe not everyone, Ben, have watched and enjoyed so much of the Indiana Jones films and then Pirates of the Caribbean, easy watch. You put it in, you watch it with your family, seen it several times. Planet of the Apes, again, asks more from the competitor to go do those deep dives. Go to your local Walmart, five in the five, $5 bin, some of the older Planet of the Apes films. You actually have to do your research, get your notepad out, and work for a living. And seconds. so that's what I really appreciate about Planet of the Apes versus uh, Swashbuckling, which, again, I'll say is a, a little easy. Maybe you got to watch Willow, but that's about it. Con. Strong ending. Strong ending. Yeah, big statements there. Uh, Whitnaben decides to yield 20 seconds there. Back half, back half of the argument almost entirely uh, in the closing statements. That's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move. We'll see if it pays off, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a blindfold on, but he does have shades. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I think they both um, kind of stuck to their guns on their arguments. They, uh, they, they. It's a uh, interesting strategy, as you say, ballsy, ballsy move, ballsy strategies from both of them. Um, the, the, uh, the Planet of the Apes having a lot of different directors can be sometimes in, in a series. That's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. I think in the in the earlier seventies, Planet of the Apes, it was probably more of a bad thing, and the. Uh, and the more recent ones, it actually turned out to be a really good thing. Um, I, I think you're doing a little bit of a disservice to uh, Swashbuckling Action Adventure to say it's only to like three, three or four directors. There are some other directors in there. It just feels like Jerry Bruckheimer made every Swashbuckling Action Adventure movie for like 30 years. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a tough debate for sure. Um, and again, it's 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 how these two categories or two wheel slices are also going to impact the IG. What, the, the amount of study, clearly, the amount of studying is going to be way more for action adventure. You have to watch way more movies. Yeah, they might be easier watches, but we know that that's the difference between normal watching of movies and IG studying of movies. You can it might be an easy watch. Is it an easy study? I don't know because that's the thing with action adventures. You have these like massive set pieces and a lot of things going on. And it's in Planet of the Apes as well that you have to pay attention to and you have to know these random things that will just show up um, in these movies. Um, Planet of the Apes, again, I think the 70s uh, aspect is going to be tough on a lot of IG competitors watching some of those 70s Planet of the Apes movies besides the first one. I think the interesting thing about them, Belford, is that you're going to see with the swashwalking adventure category, 
you're going to see interesting deeper cuts on those movies that make it feel more broad and like it widens the division long before you're going to see deep cuts on a lot of those apes movies i would argue that apes two through five are probably movies that by and large it will be a while before you start to see really much more than who played someone or maybe like the name of a city kind of a thing um i think probably like as you mentioned you know schaffner was a big director and one is a big movie the Tim Burton one is, is more familiar to the writers because it's a little newer, and the three new ones are good. But I do think that it's it doesn't add as much to the division. Now, that's not a question necessarily of best or worst, but I, I, I do think it's going to be quite a while before you start seeing like the really deep cut stuff in you know Beneath and all those movies. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing about action-adventure is you're going to – when it comes to scores and soundtracks of those action-adventure movies, they all sound kind of the same, and it's all the, the yeah. same sort of um, composers that do all of them. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. it's I mean, totally. Zimmer and Klaus Bedell just ripping off Zimmer and then Zimmer coming back. Yeah. 100%. So. Oh. You can't rip me off. Um, so, yeah, I can so rip go vote, off. guys. Yeah, exactly. Only I could rip me off, which he then did, right? Yep. He, he already he had already ripped himself off because Black Pearl is just a ripoff of Gladiator anyway, which he also did. So you know, there you been go. hot um, hot takes. <laughs> I mean, um, it's so uh, the yeah, music it's pretty, especially hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, so go go vote, guys. Twitter.com/slash call to action pod. You can go vote. Uh, See if we can break a tie here. If there's a tie, I, I don't have to check and see where people are voting. Um, but uh, okay, okay, let's see. Wow, it's a uh, it's a it's a heated. We need we need some more votes, guys. We need some more votes in. It's uh... a. <laughs> right Look at that! Look at that! Um, do we get to hear Juice weigh in on this, or does he not come back till a little later? I have a feeling I know where he's going to weigh, but. I mean, we we know where he, who he's going to support. We we can bring we can bring the juice in to, to see where he's how he's he feeling about his boy. Fair judge. I, okay. I need I need to get on Twitter. Then I need to consult my manager. <laughs> You're hanging in there. Some good shots. I liked it. Like what I've seen. Thank you, my unbiased my the unbiased. One. Oh yeah. Wartime juice, one word. If you could if you could describe the Swiffer in one word right now, what would it be? Trash. Oh, <laughs> Getting squeezed by the juice. It's not a good look. <laughs> how's that? How's that orange juice uh, treating you? Uh, I got a nasty case of the runs coming up. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. All right. This, this, is going, this conversation's going south real fast. Let's, we got to get to <laughs> All right. All right. So I think we're. I don't digest both, but... on the uh, on the round two before we uh, get into uh, round three here. Let's see here. Looking at this, this is a tight one. It's a tight one, gang. It really is. It really is. Um, but you know, we can. I think we can just move to to round three, and um, people can still vote on their round two. Yeah, the voting will up. keep coming in, and we'll see how it affects the end of the of the end of the match. So let's move to round three, right. then. Big one, big one in round three. Here, I'm going to need the question to get posted on the screen so I can read it off the screen. Um, but as soon as that happens, I will gladly. I will gladly read it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I noticed uh, the quirky Merc shirt over there, Swift. Uh, and I'm curious, where's the usual suspect shirt, Whitnaven? Uh, so Juice had one. That's his. That's his walking that's billboard. There. Wardrobe Bateman. That's the question. That's the question I asked you. It's a very important part. 
See, I'm all trying right, to support all the factions by buying the merch and getting that pool going for the faction yes. championship. But uh, get that merch. Yes. Political. He's playing to the crowd. All right. I like that Ben is commenting on someone's t-shirts when he own all he owns is like six packs of white t-shirts that he wears under his suit jacket. That's it. Like <laughs> I didn't used to. I used to wear shirts with collars. Oh, then I gained weight. All right, let's keep rolling. Batman uh, has question, a very similar strategy. It worked out for him. <laughs> question number three. What Schmodown competitor should join the Justice League? This is a good one. This is a good question. Uh, I love this. What Schmodown competitor should join the Justice League? Uh, look at this. Oh, that we angry. Are, we are Spot starting. Out. We are starting Stay with around. Jesse. <laughs> As people start taking off clothing, we're starting with Jesse. This one's for you, Brad Sheridan. Let's go. <laughs> In three, two, Wait, one. Am I going? I'm sorry. I missed it. You're going. Yes, Jesse, you are going. In three, right. I have two, that effect on people. one, go. All right. In all seriousness, though, sit down, Jacob, because what kind Damn. of quirky Merc would a sit down harder? What kind of a quirky Merc would I be? If I did not talk about smirking, quirking, and murkin, and I think Koi Jandru would be a fantastic addition to the Justice League. Why? Well, for so many reasons, but one of them is that he has superpowers. If you ever listen to Koi Cast, his ability to uh, remember very specific comic issues, panels, writers, it's a, it's like his brain should be this big. Seconds. He should be mega mind, but uh, somehow he's not. And he's very much like Batman, all of the Tower of Babel storyline for any of you comic book nerds. He knows how to defeat any of his friends, but instead he chooses to uplift them, support them, and give them power to be victorious. So he would be a phenomenal addition to the Justice League and not be seven able seconds. to stop. And I will yield my last seven seconds. <laughs> all right. time left and right, these guys. A lot of, a lot of yielding. <laughs> a lot of yielding going on. Exactly. All right, Jacob, in three, two, one, go. All right, for me, this was a no-brainer. I am going with the Schmodown competitor who should enter the Justice League is the smasher, Kevin Smets. That is the man who is the GOAT, the smasher Kevin Smets. He has, he's a hero in multiple aspects, right? First off, he's a hero in the Schmodown. All right, he's the smasher. When he's in an IG match, he is a threat every single time. He has always proven that. Next thing is, first off, I think he might actually fight crime. I mean, just look at this picture. Look at that. That man. That man belongs to the Justice League. And the Objection. last thing is, and the last thing is Smets, Smets is a superhero in real life, and he's gonna prove it all to us. He's gonna prove it all to us soon. Ten seconds. How do you argue with that? Yield. I interrupted him. I could feel the yield. I could feel it. I knew feel the yield. I think that's a hashtag we can get going for uh, Jacob for the rest of the Smowdown season is uh, feel the yield. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a very strong argument, and and it's one that I think you're, you're going to be hard pressed to lose with that argument there. But uh, you know, let's see what happens. Some places we call that cheating. This guy. <laughs> I, look, I think you use all of the parts of the this buffalo guy. here. You know, you you exploit, hey. bend the rules as much as you can. That's just what you do. Swift, welcome to the Schmodown. Uh, it's not explicitly mind. against the rules. It's fine. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do four minutes of open debate in three, two, one, go. 
Well, I'm thinking that's really nice and it's sweet. And I love Kevin. He's a great guy. So I appreciate they have that shout out for him. But can he recollect to the same degree? Like, I know he's very proficient in IG, but part of being a hero is getting knocked down and getting back up, a la Carol Danvers, a la Captain Marvel. And Koi's been knocked down a few times, but you know what? He rose above. He became manager, one of the eight phenomenal managers in the Schmodown. So he is used to taking charge of a team, maybe like Batman. Get him knocked down and get him back up? Did you not see what happened with the Smasher against Kalinowski? Losing in that match and then coming back, becoming one of the greatest intergeekdom champions ever? He has we, – we talked about dossiers a lot recently with Finstock and stuff. Koi is a dossier that transcends generations from, like, the 30s to modern day. I'm not talking about dossiers. Is, I know, but I'm talking about the way that you can – Hold all this in your mind. He has a mind palace. If you've ever seen Sherlock, like Benedict Cumberbatch, but Smith, just go and pull Smith out has of determination and grit. That is something you need to have if you're going to be on the Justice League because you're going to be going up against some heavy hitters. You're going to be going up against guys Root by the name Strength of versus Bronze. How often has Lex Luthor just pulled out a little bit of kryptonite and then big, tough Superman comes falling down because he has a weakness? And you know what? Koi knows everybody's weakness. And he knows that he can use it either to support his friends or absolutely tear apart his enemies. Just like Batman, and I think Koi John is absolutely the Batman of. Thing about Smets is, you're right. Every hero has their weaknesses, but like every single hero, Smets has the ability that, despite those weaknesses, will always get back up, even if even if those weak, uh, even if his enemies uh, uh, target those weaknesses, he will always get back up, and he will always keep fighting. He'll do it in every single avenue of every single aspect of his life. The best heroes are the ones that are so charismatic and so likable that it's hard to see them coming. You know, so villains might underestimate someone like Koi, but believe me, he can sneak up behind you, surprise you, and you're not going to win that match. And so I think that is somebody that you would need in the Justice League because so many of them are predictable. Flash, what? He runs fast. You throw throw down a little trip mine, and then boom, he's gone. But you need somebody that's a thinker. You not need somebody fast. that is methodical. The Flash was able to take down Lex Luthor and Brainiac combined. That is how powerful the Flash is. And it's not just a little trip mine that's going to take him out. Next thing you got to understand is the Smasher, it, it, let's say, let's let's put him in the DC universe, okay? His, that ability, he would be like the Smasher Hulk, doesn't have Spider-Cat. The Smasher have Spider-Cat? Absolutely not. Koi has based his whole entire life about around superheroes and building his life around them and learning from them. We're talking about Koi versus Smets. About Superman. And then he named his team after... Smets has Kaisers. I have no idea what Kaiser's going to do in the Justice League, but Koi I'm sure we'll all watch it. Superhero-centric. One minute. Let's and see. we all know... A and, and we and we all know. Let's face it. If 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 Smets was a superhero, I'm sure that he'd basically be like Superman and Batman combined. He'd be like weeks, Goldberg and WCW with superpowers. He'd spear Doomsday, building us up, just like that. He would come with that black hoodie and those fingers gloves and just smack him down. I don't know. I heard something about kryptonite, which just reminds me about um, how easily it is to take down Superman with a very simple weakness. I never so, said Smasher uh, was going to be Superman. He's going to be his own thing, and he's going to dominate just like he did in the IG division. It's never going to work when you have somebody that can outthink, outmaneuver, and outplan, and that is Koi. 
Koi knows more about Who's you that's, than that's you know about yourself. Wait. And that's what something, somebody that's been working alongside him has found out about him. He knows more about me than I know about myself, and he's making a hero out of me. Who said, in the who said Smets can't plan? You got to have good planning to do time. that. Time, 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 and time, gentlemen. What a, uh, what a debate. Woo! <laughs> I'm all out of water. Yeah, I've been out of water yep. and juice since uh, round one, so tough shit. <laughs> well, I just spilled tea all over myself, so. <laughs> Stains, bro. You should you should get some uh, white wine or something. <laughs> I don't know if Pat's trying to help or hurt me in the comments. I haven't figured that out yet. One of, one of the highlights so far for me was is Ben's reaction when someone makes a good point. It's so good. <laughs> There's some strong points in there. There was like that. I was surprised that. Well, I can't actually give you any more ammunition, but some good stuff in there. As you know, but I, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like you're, you picked obviously a strong choice here, wouldn't Um It's a tough spot for Swift to be in here to fight against the Smash, because he's unbeatable, but also because he's fighting cancer. So it's incredibly difficult, <laughs> because that's just a reality of what's going on. So I feel dirty. However, however. I think there's a strong chance you would have picked Smasher anyway a year ago. That's the truth. I don't even think, I mean, I think he's in a sympathetic position at the moment that makes it very hard to argue against him. But that being said, even if we were talking about Smasher in his pre-recovery and kicking this thing's ass face, I kept hearing about Spider-Cat and other things like that, Jesse. I was trying to understand what the Smasher couldn't do in the days when he was competing in the Schmodown that Koi could. That was what I was trying to really understand because it does say, by the way, in the question, and I, I want to hear your answers, both of you guys, the final minute here. It does say, who is the best Schmodown competitor? Koi's no longer a competitor. He's a manager. We, we did say that they could use former competitors, which is fine. Okay. So I was unaware. I was unaware. So we allowed that. Strike we allowed that. From that. The record. Strike that from the record. <laughs> um, those were my initial thoughts. What do you think, Belford? I, it's interesting. Um, I, I will say, uh, Jesse, it was interesting that you that you started naming Marvel characters at first at the start of your argument with some Carol Danvers and some uh, <laughs> and some uh, some other Marvel characters. But then you, you brought it back to the Justice League, which was which was nice. I like that. I enjoy that. Um, Jacob, as as our ghost judge said, it sounded like at first that you were just saying it's fucking Smets, y'all, as like that's your argument. But you did ramp up at the end. You, you had you made some good points. You talked about his grit, his determination, things that work well in the Justice League. Jesse, um, you know, a lot of like Koi's planning and brain and his knowledge, which again is important to the Justice League. Um, so yeah, it's it's a as far as the debate goes, I think it's a very even battle right now as we go towards our uh, closing statements. And uh, I think we'll, we'll get right into our closing statements if you guys are ready. And uh, we're going to start with Jesse. You have one minute on the clock. And three, two, one, go. Well, I would love to reiterate some of what I was trying to say when uh, Whitney Ben was doing his best to try to talk over me. But Koi is an uplifter. I've been working with him now for a month. And he takes whatever insecurities you have and builds them up, which is a very heroic nature. And like I said before, he has a cat. And people that love animals are heroes in their own right. And I think that the Justice League not only needs more brain power, it needs more animals, and it needs people that can bring out the best in people. Because Superman can always be better. Batman can be better. Because they need a support group. 
They need their Jimmy Olsen. They need their, you know, their the Robin. Batman's nothing without Robin. Superman needs, like I said, Jimmy. The Flash has Kid Flash. Everybody's got somebody that makes them better, that brings out the best in them. And then they grow up to be, uh, you know, their own hero in their own right, like Nightwing. And I'm just fighting this cat right now. Um, and so I think Koi is just a perfect example of everything you need in the Justice League. With with time, Brain. time. Good job, good job. <laughs> All right, so one minute clock for Jacob. Can we get Jacob a cat? Right, I, I know Jacob visual cues, right? Illustrating the cat point, and then there's a cat actually in the point <laughs> physically that you're making. So, in three, two, one. Go. All right. In response to Ben's claim right away, you're right. Smets is, in, is currently in a sympathetic position where, in regards to his fight with cancer. And that, that, is, that is definitely something that makes that, that you know, that, that, we're, that we're all thinking about when I bring up Smets. But you are also right, Ben, when you say a year ago, I would have said the same thing because I would have said the same thing. Because a year ago, I was watching the Schmodown just thinking how awesome it would be to be in this league with somebody as awesome as Smets and as dominant as Smets and as determined and with as much grit as Smets has. All right. And that is something that the Justice League needs. And you talk about like you got Batman and Robin and all those things. Smets had. Smets had Smets had Kaiser the entire time, and that Yikes. he's he's an insp and, and heroes inspire, and Smets is an inspiration in every way, shape, and form. And time. All right, all right. Long uh, final, we, long final round. Before we uh, conclude our, our final round, you you both still have have your uh, your your shut the fuck up rule. If either of you would like to use use that for a a, a thirty a further thirty seconds, here's the thing: Jacob was taking twenty seconds off without me having. I like to, to use anything. it. I like to use it. Jacob would like to use <laughs> it because so. I have more to say about Smith because he's that much of a hero. All right. So the bottom uh, line, the, 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 wait, the bottom all line. Right. Get your thirty oh. seconds. Here we go. Thirty seconds in three, two, one, go. Smets is a sharpshooter. He's got pinpoint accuracy. The guy's got almost 90% accuracy in the IG division. You don't think he's going to bring that into the Justice League? Heck yeah, he is. So if he's not down there with Superman smacking Doomsday in the face, he's going to be all the way in the back with Batman or Deathstroke, if Deathstroke's a good guy, and he's going to be smacking other supervillains. Ten seconds. Smets is a shoe-in fit, as I just saw in the picture, to be in the Justice League, whether it's in the movie, comics, or whatever. Yield. Time. All right, shut the fuck up. I need to go on mine. We're going into overtime. In this all, right, all right, ready? You 30 seconds in three, two, one, go. Listen, I'm not basing this off of a year or two. I'm basing this off of the Koi legacy, the Lego Koi. And that goes all the way back to Collider Movie Talk, to Marvel Movie News. And he's somebody that led, just like John Schnepp, rest in peace. Somebody that led the sweaties, led all the comic book fans into a place of peace and prosperity. Somebody that set the example, the shining beacon. You want to talk about the bat signal? Koi has been that for all of us, whether it be Marvel, DC, or just general geekdom, and that's somebody that we need in the Justice League. Time! Time. Hell of a strong final 20 seconds from Swift. I gotta say, really, really used uh, the final 20 of that 30 uh, like a politician. It's like he saved it right for the end there. I thought that was strong stuff. 
Also, um, good strategy to to have Jacob use his first, and then he gets the last word. So a little little jockeying there. It's a strong move. It's what Bibiani tried to do against me, but you know, I'm luckily, sweating with anger right now. <laughs> like I said, wipe your pits. I got good deodorant. It also it's also interesting that Jesse uh, brings up John Schnepp as a little tug on the heartstrings there as a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. A lot of love for Schnapp. He's another. He's another extremely sympathetic hero uh, who we all love and we, we miss dearly. So you know, look, Jesse knows what he's doing here. But I thought that the final. I thought the final seconds there from both competitors were very strong, well used, illustrate great points. Um, I don't really understand how knowing a lot about comic books necessarily would make you uh, a great member of the Justice League. A good part of the superhero team. You know about the team. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You chose to we, reference we, Tower we of Babel, not Identity Crisis. Yeah, I mean Tomato Tomato. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but Tower of Babel does go like directly into like the fact that Batman knows everything about the oh, Justice League and how, to, and it also got Batman kicked out of the Justice League. That's um, you also had the movie um, Doom based loosely off of Tower of Babel. Wow. Yeah. Am I incorrect in remembering that in Identity Crisis he does the same thing, or there's like a scene where he walks through beating every member, like how he would do it. Isn't that true? Batman knows everything so, about everyone at all times. That's just cool. Thank you for that. I'm trying to. <laughs> all right. I don't all think right. in Identity right. Crisis he does it. I think that's illegal. Um, also, I, I did like that Jacob brought up another kind of like aspect that that Smets has with the pinpoint accuracy. That's kind of like something that you would want in in mm. the Justice League. So that was a strong point there at the end to bring something besides true, you know, uh, grit and determination. Uh, Good points by everybody. Make sure everybody you go in and vote who who you feel won this round. Uh, between these two amazing Schmodown rookies, it's crazy that we got so many Schmodown rookies this year, Ben. And uh, these two are uh, two of the two of the best for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm excited to see uh, excited to see how this stuff goes. You know, I just got my vote in here. Uh, excited to see how this stuff goes. And look, uh, Swift, you have a match announced upcoming. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. March 3rd versus Amaru Moses. One of the first matches wow. of the season. Whitney, you on the calendar yet or no? Not yet. Still recovering right. from my mouth being cut open. <laughs> Still recovering from avoiding us being matched up. <laughs> Excuse me, Belford, but I heard you mention before that these are... Two of two, 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 two amazing rookies. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know who the second one is, but I'll, I'll take you. I'm, I'm sorry that three out of four of us can count to two. You, you got to understand, Jacob. I'm a two-time award-winning journalist, so I know a lot about two, um, and I, I know how to, uh, you know, pander to the people. You know, I just talk you guys up. I'm gonna forget you guys' names as soon as the show's over, but um, it's been nice having you guys on here. <laughs> Where's Juice? Uh, as, with that mustache, who knows where that guy is? Yeah, he's <laughs> probably on the set of a of a of a of um you know a Paul Thomas Anderson movie somewhere, uh, hanging around with he girls and quality time tape. with his guitar. I love that we got we got Juice on and Juice. The only thing Juice so, did to prepare was make sure that his guitar was in frame properly. It was uh, it was really well done. Um, Let Justin know that uh, when we do eventually get matched up, because I feel like it's going to happen, the key tar is on the line. 
The keytar's oh. on the line. He's coming for the. Are you oh. putting the cat on the line against the keytar? <laughs> sure, then I'll have a cat and a keytar. Please, no, I'm allergic. <laughs> Actually, legitimately allergic to oh. keytar's. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna keep that in mind in uh, live matches. I'm just gonna coat myself in my cat's fur. <laughs> just gonna like <laughs> bring a herd of cats hanging <laughs> on your body into the. <laughs> and just blow it like a pixel statue. Just. <laughs> But again, once again, everybody, make sure you get your votes in um, uh, on those polls as we uh, as we determine our our winner. Here, this is the uh, the first snowmates of the of the new season post draft as the season has now begun. Um, we kick it off here with the with the new IG two new IG competitors. I'm excited for the IG division this year. Kicked off the season with uh, spoiler alert. So if you don't know who won. The, at the pay-per-view, you can stop listening it's right now. But uh, we had the big win at the pay-per-view for new champion Mark Knopic. Um, as I said off, off, off air, Jesse, your, your call out of Chantra didn't age very well. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer the champion. Does he call out anybody, any other champions, and so they I can go, lose their belt as well? Let me let me just grab that picture and do a light Photoshop. I only need four letters. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a, you'll have a, maybe you'll have a chance to get to Chandra a little sooner. You know, you take care of business against Amaru. Maybe uh, that's you know, true. I more so maybe, said that I wanted to beat him than get the belt. You know, so I still yeah. got to do that. And yeah. if you want that belt, he's still in the way. So you know, it's not like he goes away anywhere. Um, do Do you Why guys feel as, as as IG competitors? Do you guys feel like added pressure this this season with you know? So many different rookies, so many, and, and then a kind of like emphasis on the IG division. I don't know about added pressure. This is my first pressure, yeah. so <laughs> Same. fair. Um, don't know till you know, and uh, I'm excited to get into it. I think, um, I say it's the season of IG because we, you know, the, the highlight of the throwdown was an IG match. We're kicking off the season with an IG match. You guys are kicking off the schmo baits with IG. So, I mean, yep. everyone's talking about Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and I'm saying I think you guys got it wrong. I mean, people are excited about the new movies. I think the addition of the new movies really sp- spices up the division. I think it's, I think it's very go, exciting. Mm-hmm. Doing a great job. He's doing a hell of a job. Um, Tell I, Justin I, he does I, not I, want to bet me a can of beans. <laughs> I still drink. All right, guys, we are uh, compiling the the scores here to determine our winner this evening. Um, but yeah, um, are you? I, are say, you I don't know why. You? I was just going to say, I don't know what, what's up with cats in tonight's match. We got Catwoman. We've got cats with, with, with Koi. We've got cats with Jesse. Well, if I win, I guess you were allergic to Catwoman too. All right. Yep. Well, we have we have a winner. Um, yes, it is a uh, a come from behind winner. Um, should we bring on? Do we bring on our ghost judge now? Is this when we bring on? I don't know how this works with the ghost judge. Is this when we? I don't even know who the ghost judge is, but I've seen the comments in the chat, and I have a pretty good guess. Not yet. Okay, so tonight's winner coming from behind to win. Jacob Whitney Ben. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We sweat with anger, baby. Oh, now I, I got it too. It. I, I couldn't believe it, guys. I, this was a crazy, crazy come from behind. 
it looked like the round two ended up being decided by a percentage point or two uh, right at the end. It just barely swung. Uh, that wow. was insane. Uh, it seemed actually for a minute there, Jesse, like you actually had just won the whole thing after two rounds. It seemed like it was over in our chat. Um, I thought it was done. But when I looked at it initially, uh, it was done. So I can't believe it. It managed to flip barely like that. That was a hell. That was one of the closest schmobates I've ever seen. That was decided by like a single percentage point in the one round. Amazing, guys. Well done. Congratulations to, to both of you. Um, but more to Jacob because you know he won. Um, <laughs> we are we're gonna bring on our, our ghost judge, our mystery ghost ghost judge at this time. It's, it's not <laughs> <laughs> but we will bring on oh we'll bring on the goodness. juice never, as well. As never well. coming back. It was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> Rogu can't be the judge. It's a challenge. The one and only Alex Mack, the queen of the Schmobates. We had to bring her on. I had, uh, Belford, I had to let you know um, I have some notes for your hopes. <laughs> I'm sure you did. one on one chat later. Okay? I have some notes for the ghost judge. I'm retiring from hosting the Schmobates no. forever. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was so out of touch with what was happening that as we were communicating in this Facebook chat here, I was like, of course Alex is voting on this. She's just part of Schmobates. Who's the guest judge? And I was like, I was like, who's the guest judge? Like not actually thinking about the fact that nobody else was chiming in. So when you show, when you showed up just now, I was also surprised, though I shouldn't have been. Oh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we had the Facebook group chat, and then we also have like the <laughs> private what chat. Rhymes with shouldn't have been is Whitney Ben. So yeah, you threw um, me off there when I saw in the private chat. It was like early on. It was like the answer should be Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I was like, Deacon is definitely the guest. He's got to be the guest judge. There's no <laughs> got to be Kano. I had heard. I would have loved to actually argue that question. However, uh, technically, Com Mortal Kombat's not an IG movie. <laughs> so that would be the argument and being like, well, it's not an argument. Well, damn it. <laughs> but it should be. Mortal Kombat video game movie should totally be an IG category, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. Oh, yeah. So, then you get the whole Resident Evil franchise. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I'm Just adding a whole bunch more bad movies to the video. It makes it worse for you guys. Not added to graphic novels or comic book oh, movie. Yeah, good call. Princess Bride and Stardust and Swashbuckling. I'll die on that hill. Yo, to, to me, um, graphic novels is the most interesting new wheel slice because it kind of opens up the IG to movies yeah. we don't consider. Like no one would ever consider a history of violence in or IG. Ghost World. Ghost yeah, World. Like, yeah. But yeah. hey, World we're in this now. Or Josie and the Pussycats. Well, the problem True, is, yeah. is that Josie say so. The problem between comparing, contrasting comic book movies and graphic novels is that there's a lot of graphic novels that were originally comic books and individual issues, and there's a lot of graphic novels that have later been turned into individual comic issues. So, eh, like, it's really just it's really really kind of wonky. Um, like Josie yeah, and the Pussycat has been it has been was originally a comic book series, but it has since been turned into graphic novel novellas. I think it's at a certain point, you know, every season now and every half season, because I think 
I mean, hell, I'm not talking out of turn here. No, the patrons all got the rule book. I, I think that there's an opportunity before tournament season in singles and teams and IG yeah. to add movies and to uh, change the categories list slightly. I think we yeah. I think we're supposed to be given like heads up of something like 60 days or something. I can't remember what it exactly is, but we're supposed to be given a certain amount of heads up that something's going to be added. And so I think they already PJ already added like, you know, 80, 70 or 80 movies to IG. So you got to figure there'll be more expansion each six months, each year. Uh, and stuff like Josie will probably get in that, you know, was maybe on the fringe or wasn't considered. You'd have to just think more and more. The wider you make the division, the more impossible it is for you guys, but also the more interesting it becomes, I think. And can't forget Labyrinth was on, not on dystopian time travel. It's literally a movie about time manipulation. So <laughs> just, just saying. But... Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I'm really excited to see the expansion of IG in general over the next few months. Obviously, this is probably one of the biggest changes to IG we've ever had. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see it not only move forward, but I'm really, really excited to see a lot of these newer competitors that are going into IG so fresh versus a lot of, you know, Schmodown IG veterans such as Chandru and Mara that are playing with these categories for the very first time. 100 percent yeah because there are some people who felt like they had a stranglehold on certain categories certain wheel slices certain you know but now your chances of spinning those wheel slices are, are have gone down you know yeah. um there's more slices that people can kind of and again it's it had like a category like planet of the apes is a perfect example it's a category you can you can entire yes always <laughs> anytime he's on screen <laughs> 60 days. Uh, I, I will say this to defend Ben Bateman. You could do it in 60 days if you did literally nothing else with your life and studied Star Wars. For that's 60 what I've been days saying the whole time. Life. That's what I've been that's what I've been saying from day one. But everybody's always like, oh, Bateman, Mr. Star Wars question in his little match on on, on the fucking thing. And I, I'm not studying Star Wars. I, I didn't study it for a second. I would have to study it nonstop for like 12 hours a day for 60 days, and then I'd have a shot at it. I hey, you know what Planet Cloud City's on, though, so you're all right in my book. There you go. <laughs> a lot of information. Overall, 60 uh, days gives you time to watch Planet of the Apes. That should be uh, Ben's new nickname for Schmodown. It's not the boss. It should just be Ben hashtag 60 days uh, Bateman. That should be his name. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the 60 hashtag 60 days merch. <laughs> hashtag 60 days, y'all. Just get that on the shirts on all the stickers. Jacob, I have to say your arguments were really, really solid. I thought um, your first one, I actually voted against you for your first and second ones, but I was like, oh man. So did I. So I, I I'm, I'm putting personal biases aside, obviously, but I thought you made some really, really great argu arguments overall. And uh, I, I really like Catwoman, so suck it. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the debate as a whole. Like you guys. Yeah. You guys, you know, went at it against each other, but at the same time, you weren't just screaming and yelling and like it didn't it didn't devolve into anything like that. <laughs> this is probably the most time that's ever been yielded back in the history of Schmobates between the two of you. <laughs> a lot of yielding, a lot of yielding of time. Yeah, I that that's a bold move, guys. <laughs> Listen, I got like thirty minutes of prep instead of a whole day. Hey, that's I didn't get the whole day either. You did. You almost won, and you almost won. You were you were you were one percentage point away from winning anyway. So there you go. 
It'd still be it's when I did like 15 hours of prep on my Schmobates <laughs> match, and uh, my opponent did nothing, and I still lost. So I got the, my first Schmobates uh, match. I got told 30 minutes before Schmobates that I was going to be on Schmobates. <laughs> that, that was a very a, different time. Okay, it sir. was. It was. I, and I was also like, I last minute replacement. I just want to thank you guys for this? bringing this together. Because me and Jacob have been wanting to go head to head, I think, for a hot minute. And if this is the first way we Ooh, can yeah. do it, then we had a great time. Hey, we got to kick this rivalry yeah. off, man. It's, it's what the showdown is built on is rivalries. That's you know, I got the big turning up to eleven coming up this Monday. The greatest rivalries in the history of showdown. So I've been doing a lot of like research into that, and that's what the showdown's mm. built on. The, the Manson Roca rivalries that start kind of started it all. The you know, then you got ones that have spanned the whole time, like Roka, Roka and Merle. You got literally people getting tackled into things, furniture breaking. I don't know. IG, IG no is a good rivalry, I think. A lot of tackles, a lot of mysterious stolen artifacts. The IG division has had some of the best rivalries because you got Cushing Kalinowski, you got Smets Kalinowski, you you have Mara and Kalinowski. Now you got Chandru waving into the division. So oh, I just mean rivalries are this season. Where it's at, you can have literally can have like a top ten or eleven uh, rivalries from twenty twenty. Honestly, there is so many really cool new rivalries. I'm excited to see. Uh, potentially flourish this season even more so. But I mean, I mean, this between Jacob and Jesse, I mean, this could be the best potential new rivalry of 2021. So, hmm, starting off, take hot. care of business there, Jesse. Take care of business. Keep your hat in the ring, Alex. When do I get to defend this beautiful belt? Talk, talk to me. Once I get done moving to DC, <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally. I, you want to see my house apart? Like, it's literally bare. There's oh, no. nothing. It's bare. It's bare. Where's I'm Lucas's games at? <laughs> He's actually in D.C. right now unpacking. Oh, fair. <laughs> he drove up to D.C. from St. Louis in one go, 15 hours in a U-Haul. I don't know how he Jeez. did it. That's a, that's, wow. a long, <laughs> that's a long drive in a U-Haul by himself. And so we're going to be... Going up there, and by this weekend, we're going to be DC people, some East Coasters. That's so cool. Well, hey, give, him, like give him my best. I haven't gotten to haven't gotten a chat mm. with him in a while. So when you when you talk to him, give him my best. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> He's in the chat. Hi, Lucas. <laughs> there he is. It looks like Jacob a little bit. I wonder we live in St. Louis. Come on now. <laughs> people where we live. No addresses or zip codes or anything is given. Come on now. Send me some love. At, uh... <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I would love to have you guys uh, back on Schmobates, even if I don't host whatever. <laughs> so much appreciated, though. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. All right. Especially well, before we let you guys go, uh, let, let's uh, let the people know where they can find you. Jacob, where can, where can we find you on the interwebs the base tagline you can find me everywhere twitter youtube and whatnot is wit wit jd w-i-t-t-w-i-t-t-j-d um sometimes i say something interesting on twitter usually it's just wrestling gifs and then uh yeah fair how about you justin the juice 
Yeah, you uh, this Sunday on What the Show, right after the action, guys, once PLD is ready, we're going to be launching a uh, Schmodown tier list ranking, where we're, but we're going to be doing predictions, a prediction of season eight. So I would invite these two on, but they're already uh, they're on the list, so they're already there technically the same with the one above me. But uh, uh, these two in, the, in my corners up there have already been invited. Uh, PLD for sure will be there. Uh, Jeff Alterman and Brandon Buck will be there. And then the rest of the What the Show crew for sure will be there. And uh, uh, yeah, so check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So probably around 6.30 PT, I believe, or sometime around then. Oh, you said PLD. Yeah, that's a PL deal breaker for me. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where can we find Jim? I, real quick. Did you say Jeff? All right, that's all. Um, so you guys that's can find the me at it's yes, like it gift without a T. It's all right, anyways. Um, you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Jesse Swift, or um, more prominently, you can find me on YouTube at my uh, review channel, which is the Flick and Real Fancast. It's Flick and then a hyphen, the letter N, and then a hyphen Real, spelled R E E L, just like Spin from the Real. Flick and Real Fancast, where we talk WandaVision, occasionally Mortal Kombat trailers, Justice League trailers. And all that good stuff, but find me there. All right, awesome, Alex. Where can the good people find you? Thank you, Jake. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at real underscore Alex Mack. You can also find me co-hosting a show called uh, Some Search for Ways, uh, Some Bias with Drew Grant, aka Video Drew, where her and I really dive into movies that are really outside our comfort zone. Here over the next few weeks, we actually have several really big guests. We actually have one of the main actresses uh, from an amazing show called American Gods. So guys, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. It's here in a few weeks. And we also have e Iman Frost and Abby Corinne coming Coming up here uh, next Tuesday, so we're going to be diving into a few dramas. So definitely stay tuned. Awesome. And Ben, where can we find you in all of your amazingness? Thank you. Uh, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on all the platforms that I'm on, uh, except for Ben Bateman Streaming on Twitch, if you like Magic, the Gathering content. Um, my big thing I'm working on at the moment is uh, I'm releasing my first uh, album, my solo album of music this summer. And uh, it'll be coming out in June, I think. Uh, April 5th, I'm putting out the first track. Be like Spotify, Apple Music, all the various places. Uh, and that weekend, on that Saturday, April 10th, I'm going to be playing uh, the album like preview show, basically. Everything that's on the record, some covers, other stuff like that. So if you guys are fans of uh, music, I work really hard at it. I love it. It's important to me. It's uh, something that I'm spending a lot of time on now. So check it out. Um, I'll be you know posting all about it. And I'll, I'll, put in the, uh, I'll put in the comments here the link to the show if anybody wants to get a ticket. Uh, they're not very expensive. So <laughs> thanks for uh, having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Is there any keytar in your album or, or no? Yeah, I was going to no, say. I mean, I Juice say, and I are going to have to Juice and I are going to have to talk about that. See what we can the, uh, see what we can ooh, figure yeah. out. I did the boss theme for the five pointer. Um, when I asked a question on one of the five pointer episodes, I just okay. I literally did the boss theme on uh, on keytar. So <laughs> go find that. <laughs> I just wish I could still, I mean, I love my theme because, you know, David B is incredible and he does such a good job, but I do really miss being able to use the man. I think like that was such, I loved, I loved having that theme song. That was, uh, that was so fitting for those days, but you know, I've only gotten to in playing one live event with my new theme song. So there you go. It's only a matter of time though. It's only a matter of time. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, everybody, you can find me at Mr. Billy Belford on Twitter. You can also find me on every other Mondays on the Call to Action Network for Turn It Up to 11. It is our countdown show with me and, uh, you know, Paul Denuzio. Um, yeah, PLD 
said that he uh, put put it in the. Uh... <laughs> and then I literally it did it a second later without the HTTP, exactly <laughs> as he uh, suggested I would do it, exactly that way. So, standard fare. Thank you, Paul. But yeah, um, thanks, thanks everybody for coming. Be sure to hit the like button, uh, subscribe if you haven't, hit that bell so you know when we go live um, for Schmobates or any of the other shows. Also, if you'd like to maybe be a contestant on the Schmobates, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash call to action. You might have a chance to maybe be a Schmobates competitor and maybe go take that belt from Bateman. His, his shoulders look a little, a little weak, um, you know, from carrying that, that belt around. Too long. But that's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations again to Jacob, the winner, and Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, get out of here with that. We're still live, guys. We're still live. It's fine. It's cool. I love live TV. Love it. Click that button. Dancing. Well, no one no one else is joining me. You guys suck. You guys are weenies. <laughs> yeah. you know, just hey. punk are we Mick weenies? And like, mm, get some helmets on. Weenies. Yeah. Got two Come of those now. handsome devils. <laughs> Gosh. I see some